0: From the jar and Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN
1: 106.3. What? what a weird choice to come back to this hour with. We're
0: presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA This is what
1: happens when you leave Friday Night Lights to his own devices. What is happening right now? It's our Wednesday.
2: What?
3: Jeanette have
2: you? So you play the most stereotyped Spanish <laughs> yeah, music yeah, no. possible? No. Yeah.
3: It was going to be Bob
1: or it was going to be this. You're only, she's not Mexican, right? Yes. I do.
2: I, I have, you have like Jay Bolivan and Bad Bunny choices. You could have And you, you, that you go one. with this. Okay, fair.
1: But you're right. This is the most stereotypical. Like, Stone could have a list. Of-
2: Despacitos coming up next. Right, watch right, out. Exactly. I like that one. Of course you do. Every white person does. He throw Justin Bieber on a Spanish song and it blows up. Shocking. Or tequila. He'll just play tequila. And he'll be like, you that was for you. I did that song drunk in karaoke one day. It was fantastic.
1: The Pee Wee Herman dance.
2: Stone. I think I twerked on stage.
3: Hard one to sing, too. It doesn't even like you're just screaming it, I feel like.
2: Tequila! Yeah, it's not that hard.
1: It's not difficult at all.
2: College is fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, never sang tequila in college. Ken Levicka, Jeanette Javier on a Wednesday. He stole the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. If you'd like a stereotypical song played at your wedding, he'll DJ it. Uh, we've been talking about the the athlete who is a total <laughs> pain in the ass, but still makes you wonder. What if they were on my team? And, and Kyrie, like I cannot stop thinking about Kyrie. And again, he is so annoying. Everything about Kyrie is actually the most annoying. But man, if you could get him to embrace heat culture just a little bit, just a little bit, I think that it really could pay dividends, like pay dividends in a big, big way. Uh, this is the lunch hour because every successful radio show needs an hour that has a name attached to it and a fancy sound effect. And that, of course, is a grown woman eating a Sloppy Joe with her mouth open. And that is where we bring you into the lunch hour here on Ken LeVick Alive. And Jeanette, my sincerest condolences not for the miserable look on your face uh, as you hear this woman slurping down a Sloppy Joe, but your boy, Rob Grenkowski, has retired, we think. Yes. Your, your, your favorite Tampa Bay Buccaneer is now out the door telling his boy, Tom Brady, eh, I'm good. Life is good. Are you surprised at all?
2: Not really, but I still believe there's a chance that all Tom Brady needs to do is give him a little ring on the teléfono, and, uh, <laughs> and Gronk will be back. A little ring-ring.
3: I mean, he did say that.
2: It's exactly... Two days
3: ago, he said, it just can't be early in the season, but he said, if he calls me late in the season, yeah. I'll obviously consider.
2: So after, like, four losses... Gronk. Will do well, that. like,
1: that's but what Rosenhaus' agents said. Like he's retired, but perhaps he would come back if Tom Brady gave him a call. Tom Brady even tweeted it with a uh GIF of a, of a <laughs> yeah. call of yeah, a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think he's retired. Here's the thing about Gronk. I think that ship is sailed. Like he doesn't want to get beat up anymore. Um, uh, once again, me for the second time talking about the Buccaneers and using the ship is sailed um, uh, as a as just a fall away I think figure and speech it on now. Yeah. Um, but you know what? And I knew this was going to happen. So our teammate, Johnny, who is uh Jeanette's snack provider yes. every Wednesday and Thursday here in the ESPN West Palm offices. But he comes in and he's like, what do you think about? Uh, what do you think about Gronk? This was before the show. What do you think about Gronk retiring? I'm like, I'm not that surprised. Like he's got outside interests and uh, he had a good run. He's got his rings. Everything is good. Um, he's like, you saw on first take uh, what they were talking about. I'm like, no, what, what were they talking about? He's like, top five tight ends. You going to get in on that conversation? Who are your top five tight ends? And I almost stroked out. I mean, I almost had an aneurysm right here. The, the thing I least want to do on Wednesday, June 22nd, is talk about who the top five tight ends in NFL history are. It was so predictable what was going to happen. I could have woken up this morning, walked down my hallway, woken up my oldest daughter and said, hey, good morning, what do you want for breakfast? And first take is going to do the top five tight ends in NFL history. And I would have been right. I am not going to. Just because someone in a specific position group retired, I'm not going to do... The obligatory top five players in that category. I unequivocally refuse to do that.
2: Do you want to go into the, is he a Hall of Famer conversation instead? Because that's also part of it. I I,
3: I don't think we need to do that. I think he's the first ballot.
2: Yes, but you know, it's part of the conversation that we need to have now that Gronk is retired. Is he one of, not only one of the top five tight ends, but is he going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame first ballot?
3: Or I think it should be, did he retire because Tom Brady's really annoying and he didn't want to put up with any of his crap anymore?
2: No, that's what Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants to work with Aaron Rodgers because he is annoying and nobody wants to deal with him. People take pay cuts to work with Tom Brady because they know Tom Brady is going to bring him a Super Bowl rink. Come at me.
3: His face.
1: I want to die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're doing great. You can leave now.
1: <laughs> All right, we always have to do this. Like, we might as well just discuss. Best fo- be- best NFL players of all time with three syllables in their last name. Tom Brady's not one of them. No. Aaron Rodgers isn't one of them. No. Gronkowski, Montana, Joe Montana. Montana, yeah, yeah that's, that's three. three. That's three. Like, Let's do that instead. I like that discussion instead. Forget top five tight ends. Greatest NFL players with three syllables in their last name. 888-760-3776. <laughs> 888-760-3776. Um, here. How about this for a tight end? Peterson, Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, three. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, also, also a hall of famer at taking a switch to his kid. Um, Marino, uh, Marino. Yeah, that's (laughs) good. Gonzalez. If you want to talk about tight ends, Gonzalez. There we go. Three. three syllables which players which three syllable last name players are the greatest in NFL history that is a better conversation than the top 5 tight ends of all time and i expect this three syllable conversation to be a part of first take tomorrow why because it'll be june 23rd and they have nothing else to go to
3: where does tony gonzalez rank on the
1: no, top tight ends of the, all time no don't don't do this <laughs>
3: I do he, not he, do this. He's top
1: five. No, he's trying. This is what Stone's trying to do is he's trying to suck me in because he knows that I'm going to say, oh, I think Tony Gonzalez started the trend of the athletic pa- – uh- pass-catching first tight end, he wants me to get into that conversation I, that then groomed an Antonio Gates, that then groomed a Rob Gronkowski, but I'm
0: not going to do it. Can I, I,
1: I
2: chime refuse.
1: In? What about Dwight Clark?
2: I was going to say, Tony Gonzalez is one of the top five best-looking tight ends that have ever existed.
1: Oh,
3: oh, oh now, now we're going you to go, a, you see? To, to, yeah. a really different discussion. Who go?
2: But wait, let
1: me ask you this, Jeanette. You of the the now tight end genius... Who, other, who else is in the discussion of best-looking tight ends in NFL history? That's what I thought.
2: Kelsey is kind of cute. Travis
1: Kelsey? He's kind of cute. What about Zach He Hurts? can get it. He can get it. What about, uh, what he, about is Kittle? Is it Hurst
2: can get Kittle? Yeah. More than Travis Kelsey.
1: Really? Yeah. Uh, see, I think Kittle's probably like a— uh, He's an acquired taste. B- he's like an IPA. Gronk. ends on the money today.
2: <laughs> Gronk is an acquired taste.
1: Yeah, because he's just sort of like aloof and like
3: he's
2: like an hazy. you want to go IPA. get a burger? It's like, not that's an
3: acquired like. taste. I get what he meant by kittle. It's kind of the hunka of
1: hunka. Of yeah, b- yeah. Like there's a lot of man there. Yeah. And, like can you really handle that much man? Like, yes,
3: he seems absolutely. Like, Depending like, on
2: the guy. Yeah, Whereas so.
1: Gronk is like having a pet. Yes. At, bingo. He is like having a pet it's for like, a boyfriend. Come on, Her. Rob. come here boy like that's that's what being with Rob Gronkowski and I can only tell you
2: see Rob is the guy that you spend a great weekend in Miami with and then dip right that's who Rob yeah no strings attached 100% but like the best memories like you'll randomly think about him doing nothing
1: where, mm-hmm. like, I feel like Kittle after a weekend be like, hey, you want to come back to my place in California and eat a cow heart? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, that's probably, like, that type of guy. That's he fair. Yeah, he
3: axes the tree stumps and splits them in yeah, yeah. half. Like, he uh,
1: does on Saturday.
2: That's kind of hot, though.
1: You ever tried a horse liver? Like, something like that. Like, he, he, he's just too much man. There's too much going on there. Like, hey, you want to build a cabin? Like, no, I don't want to build
3: a cabin. I would be
2: interested in doing so. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: You're a woman of the outdoors?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to be, at least.
3: But but seriously, Ken. Before we move on, can we, we run now. through the top five real quick? I'm just saying I'll do it in ten seconds. But Dwight, Dwight, if you
1: want to do your top five, I'm ends asking all, I'm you. I'm not doing. No, no, no. Fine, go. I'm go. asking go. you. No, it'd no, be,
3: I have Dwight Clark and uh, Gronkowski, Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, and I don't have a one. Just if we have to, if we have to get it out of the way.
1: How do you not have a one? How do you have four of them and not a one?
3: Because there's somebody I'm missing, and that that you'd be able to come in and be like, well, Ooh. you're missing blah blah blah. But uh, I don't
2: want to. Young Dwight Clark. Wow. <laughs> really. Wow. Absolutely. I just Googled him. He's like the hottest one of all. Young (laughs) Dwight Clark. Not what he is now.
1: Bravo. Put Travis Kelsey in it like you're four and move everybody up after that.
3: So Tony, Tony G can take that one spot. That's fine.
1: It's fine with me. Sounds good. See, he just sucked me in. I didn't want to do it. But then that open slot existed. And I had to throw out a name because it's in my nature. It's in my blood, and I didn't want to do it, and it goes against everything I stand for. But you saw what he did there, Jeanette. You saw what Stone did there. Keeps, he uh, sucked uh, me into his stupid first-take nonsense.
2: I'm sucked in because I'm just Googling what they look did like Did you in really their Google years. Dwight
1: Clark and young, yes. young Dwight Clark appealed
2: to you? Yes. Let me, look, I'm going to show you the picture during the break, and then we can talk.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Um, by the way, if you want to be confused, if you liked, if you liked what just happened there, which I hope you didn't. Look at him,
2: strapping young fellow, dark featured, sharp jawbone. <laughs> Dwight Clark is a stud. Was a stud. So the. And la- he's pretty good looking for an older man as well.
1: If the last nine minutes haven't caused you to drive across the Intracoastal, wherever you at, and barrel your automobile <laughs> into the ocean, don't do uh, that. If you, if you, if you are at least still alive after this last nine minutes, I want you to listen to this conversation between Stephen A. Smith and RG3 about Gronk's legacy today on First Take. And if you're not confused by the last nine minutes here on Ken LeVick Alive, I assure you that you're not going to have any earthly idea what these two were talking about today on the subject of Gronk. I present to you Stephen A. Smith and RG3 in the most confusing conversation that's ever been had on ESPN.
3: Yes, Rob Gronkowski is a security blanket, but the, the bottom line is he's a guy that can do it all. He can stretch yeah. the field. He well, makes that's, contested that's, catches. Question, he's got the catch that. radius. He are not, not questioning he, he, that. He's second to Jerry Rice in okay. postseason touchdowns.
1: But you see, interesting, let me tell you how you you just deflated your own argument. Thomas Stephen you, A. brought up the four yeah. Super Bowls. Okay. But Brady won three without him. I already said so that. So let me finish. Yeah. So, how do you know they wouldn't have won the other four without him? Uh, I don't know understand. that. for what I'm saying. No, 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 But I I know know I, well. here's, my, here's my point.
0: My point is, mm-hmm. if he had four with Gronk yes. and not without him, that mm-hmm. would be a profound argument. But the fact that he showed me he could win three without him, <laughs> why should I doubt that he could win six or seven without him? Because I mean,
3: what's the difference? Because you still had Joe Montana there who's won four, and that the main reason that Brady is considered the GOAT right now is because he has seven rings. Where does rings. Joe Montana come from? you said from? it yourself I'm that great. Aaron, I've heard you on the show call about Aaron Rodgers he's and say he's, bad he's the baddest of all time, but he's not the greatest of all time. That's true. So the rest Brady gets the, get. the Greatest because of those seven rings, and I oh, no, never oh, no, doubt oh, no. him. But how you are gonna right? bring up
0: Montana when
1: Montana had rice? Uh, I understand that. And, Grame, head, I run, and no, Brady no, had
0: Gronk. Okay, okay.
1: We're not
3: take away. We're not, we're not Is saying. Montana Montana
0: without Jerry Rice? Excuse me. Uh-huh. Excuse me. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know without the best. <laughs> I believe you so. I believe, so. believe so, but I don't know because he was know. never without him. So Y'all, you don't know.
3: But, but Brady
1: was without Gronk and won three Super Bowls. he
3: won three, but he didn't win the other four without him. Oh, no.
1: There's so many numbers and so many names. Why did Joe Montana come up? How did Jerry Rice get sucked into this? Aaron Rodgers' name got thrown out there. Four rings, three rings, seven rings, seven, five, four, two. It's like a secret code. What is this, lost or first take?
3: There were some goats in there.
2: Ah! (laughs) That was entertaining. Somebody what pay was me- even accomplished there? Somebody pay me millions to just yell random numbers and facts, please. That would be fantastic. Oh. I feel like I do that now. But this or
1: is t- <laughs> 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 This is what I'm talking about. Like, this is what we do on June 22nd. Do you people really want a discussion of top five? T- like, I know Stone wants to do it because he lives in that world. Stone wakes up. You wake up, what, around 7 o'clock each morning yeah. or so? yeah. And he turns on ESPN and he immediately gets caught up in whatever debate is happening. Me, I'm trying to avoid it at all costs because it hurts. It hurts not only my brain, but it hurts my soul, and it hurts my existence, and it hurts my relationship with my wife, and it hurts my relationship (laughs) with my loved ones. I don't want that. Wow. I don't want that, and I don't even understand what they were talking about or what got accomplished out of that conversation. All I know is that we mentioned some names, and we mentioned some rings. And now on ESPN, (laughs) oh... We have Mad Dog, Chris Russo, who's on first take. And
2: oh, life is great.
1: So, so he is doing a list. It's not just top five tight ends of all time. It's top quarterback tight end duos of all time. He's up the ante. What are we doing?
3: They have upped the ante, quite literally.
1: Top quarterback tight end duos. People, can we please get to football season, please? You understand, there's another two and a half months of this. Mad Dog last week was doing top five sports cities. That wasn't caveman enough. Now we're doing the top five quarterback tight end duos. And he put Bart Starr on there to Ron Kramer. When we come back, Stone has his top five quarterback tight end duos. Yes. She's Danette Javier. I'm Ken Levic, and I think I'm retiring. I'm live on ESPN 1063.
0: From the Anna Jar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica live on ESPN 1063. Gorilla Monsoon
1: tweets in. I think Jeanette was saying herbivore when she tried to say hors d'oeuvre. You're still on that? Instead, it came out hors oh. <laughs> d'oeuvre.
2: <divorced. laughs>
0: We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash sport. Against everything that I hold sacred, I'm going to allow
1: Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, to give his top quarterback tight end duos in NFL history because that's what Chris Russo is doing, Mad Dog is doing on first take today. I was horrified enough with the discussion of top five tight ends of all time. I knew that was coming with Grok retiring. I want no part of that conversation. I refuse to do it on this show. I refuse to do it in my personal, my private life. Yet as I'm 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 completely condemning the practice, what is Russo doing behind me on this television in the Anna and Living Action and Attorney Studios? He's giving his top five quarterback tight end duos. And here's the thing. Jeanette, is it is it? And by the way, Jeanette, Javier uh, are the Dominican queen of ESPN West Palm. As as I am, just full of disdain. Uh, cannot believe, in shock that that Russo is doing quarterback tight end duos. Just the epitome of of, of sports on a June twenty second. When you need an opinion based sports show the the look i saw in stone's eyes he, he had a glitter i mean it it absolutely it there was there was a glimmer and he perked up and i am i could see that he wasn't even listening to me <laughs> and he was looking at the tv behind me and i already saw him starting to write things down mm-hmm. like that's what he does he's programmed to just immediately create lists it, because he's grown up in that culture yeah
2: let him do him i say we just give him a solid two minutes, let it out. I don't then... even
1: need two minutes. Yeah, he doesn't even need two minutes. That was my reputation in uh, college, There's by jokes. the way. There's jokes,
2: thank you. Uh, <clears throat> appreciate it. Yep. So you get one minute.
1: Yeah. Uh, Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? and need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care's office is conveniently located in Palm Beach, County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho Now, before we get to Stone's list here, uh, I want to give you Russo's list just to show you why I can't stand these things, okay? Chris Russo, his top five quarterback tight end duos on ESPN's first take. Four of the five are pre-1980, <laughs> and I'm not joking. At number five, Brady DeGronk. Nice. And I could give any one of our listeners out there right now 2,500 guesses each about what in order are four through one, and there's no way they guess them. Number four, star to Kramer. That's right. We're going back to the champions of Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two, the Green Bay Packers. Star to Kramer. Number three, Stabler to Casper. Stabler to Casper.
0: <laughs> Number ghost?
1: two. No, not Casper the Ghost, no. Number two, Johnny Unitas Tamaki. Oh, Johnny Unitas, We're going back to the, the Colts before they went to Indy. They're still black and white mm-hmm. if you watch Johnny Unitas football games.
2: I've been, I'm honestly first time I've heard of these names.
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised. I, I, I am not surprised. Don Shula. Don Shula days. Not with the Dolphins, with the Colts. And number one, Fouts to Winslow. That's right. The San Diego Chargers, Fouts to Winslow. More people listening right now remember Dan Fouts from his work on ABC's Monday Night Football. And there you go. Those were Russo's five through one. Stone, 23-year-old Stone, who wasn't alive when four of those five duos were playing. What's your five through one? Let
2: me put a timer on. I'm putting a timer on. One
1: minute. Go. Go. At number I mean, the music, Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> at,
3: no- at number five, Tony Romo and Jason Witten. At number four, John Elway and Shannon Sharp. At number three, Peyton Manning to Dallas Clark. At number two, Montana, Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. <laughs> did you have to think of his first name? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and at number one is the old Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. And that concludes my greatest tight end and quarterback combo.
2: 30 seconds. Well done.
3: It was really well done of all time. Do you feel better now? I feel a little better. I'm glad you did that? Because I did bring back some Dallas Clark memories for people, some good Shannon Sharp, the old classic Romo Witten. I think people miss those. Miss those. Uh, I think guys. about
2: duos. it every day, all the time, really. <laughs> Just gaze into the sunset and think about all those duos. <laughs> Dallas
3: Clark's a great-looking guy.
1: By
2: yeah. the way, there
1: like is him. not a single solitary soul on the planet other than Stone Labanowitz who has Romo Witten. As a top five quarterback to tight end duo. Dude, not a single one.
2: Dallas Clark is not that good looking.
1: That is. Kay. Can we just get to the movie review? <laughs> Jeanette Javier, started up, this segment. Jeanette Javier started this segment because we realized she hadn't seen any sports movies prior to getting into sports talk radio, so it was a way to expose her to the genre. We made her review movies every week. Turns out in that process, we discovered that not only has she not seen any sports movies, she hasn't seen, well, any movies of any substance in her lifetime. So time now, what used to be Jeanette Javier's sports movie spectacular is now... Jeanette Javier's Hollywood blockbuster blowout.
0: I love you! Everybody who's involved with this, I love you, I love you, I love you! You like me right now! You like me! Ha ha ha
1: ha ha. Quiet. I don't know, man. Who cares?
2: Where do those even sound effects from?
3: I have no idea. That's the have, production staff.
2: Yeah. And I have seen movies of substance. I love dances with wolves, okay? But this is what happens when you pay
1: these people minimum wage. That's the type that's the type of production that you get, is okay. that. We they had they had six weeks to come up with production for your new segment, Jeanette, and that's what they came up with.
2: Shows how much they care about me here.
1: <sighs> All right, so today Jeanette is reviewing Ghost. Ghostbusters, one of my favorite movies of all time, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Rick Moranis, amongst others. Time now for Jeanette Javier's review of the 80s classic, Ghostbusters.
2: 1984 classic. I was and born you... in 1984. So, shout out to Sigourney know. Weaver. I think I'm, I'm developing in all this movie research I've done a huge woman crush on her. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Loved her in Bull Durham. Loved her in Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. She's hot. She's hot.
1: I agree.
2: (laughs) Alien? Never seen it. Okay. It's a horror movie. I don't do horror movies. Thriller's not my thing. Anyway, so Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. The typical, like, I feel like in the 80s during the Reagan era, the typical blue collar work scenario, these guys were fired and then they went to do their own dang thing. So good for them, Ghostbusters. Uh, Bill Murray loved his character. Sincere. Peter
1: Beckman. Who? Peter Rankman. That's his name in the in the movie.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, I just called him Bill Murray the whole time. No, it's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Like, I get where he developed the personality of his dry humor. Fantastic. A bunch of one-liners. I don't like. Why were the eighties so obsessed with Twinkies?
0: There's a huge
2: Twinkie scene, and it's like that's a big Twinkie. I didn't get it, but whatever. Um, I I was very disappointed in the lack of ghosts. That were in this movie.
1: Oh, so you say not enough ghosts. Not
2: enough ghosts. Slimer and I, especially like he's always in the rooms eating. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. hiding in a corner. the corner. The
1: first time you see him, he is at a cleaned up buffet.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I really related to him. I was like, this is my boy. <laughs> like him and I, we can hang out. Yeah. I would hang out with him. I wanted to see more of him.
1: You wanted to see more Slimer?
2: Yeah, and I was very confused about the cracked out Pillsbury doughboy.
1: Uh no, that's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man.
2: Yeah, him. He The
1: cracked out. What did you call him? Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> he is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man.
2: He. I thought he was going to have more of a grand entrance because he's such a big thing. What in are you talking culture. about? It's not a grand. I r- was like, he was in here. You were, for like five you were expecting Godzilla. Destroy this so, place. And he's just like poof but and he spits all over everybody. On like, the that's t- it?
1: Well, he doesn't spit. They're shooting proton packs at him, and it's the melted marshmallow that ends up falling on you everybody in the street. You so, listening to this? But guy? here's 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 where I'd fight you on the grand entrance of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You realize that the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, when when Gozer, who is the demon, she is the the uh key master, they're on top of the building mm-hmm. at the end of the uh, near the end of the movie and she she says that uh, you know uh, you will be haunted by whatever comes to your mind first. I'm paraphrasing, and then Ray Dan Aykroyd he goes, oh no, and you hear, pff, pff. and Peter Venkman Bill Murray goes, Ray, what did you do, Ray, what did you do, and Ray says. I don't know why it came into my mind, but my childhood—the Stay puff Marshmallow Man—and then you see his smiling, gigantic head coming through the buildings in New York City. That's a grand entrance. It that sounds That's grand good to me. Stuff.
2: It's grand entrance, but I, like he was only there for a solid five minutes. And well, I I he like, needed to be more. This guy was yeah. plastered everywhere, growing. I up. know. Yeah, you remember him growing
1: up, right? The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is a marketable entity.
2: And Slimer. And Slimer. And we just saw him for two minutes and that's it? Well, here's
1: part of the problem. The cartoon, when the cartoon came out, which was post-movie, like this was a movie written by Dan Aykroyd. Um, They became good guys. Like the Ghostbusters could harness their power to help them catch other ghosts. Very confusing, but that's why they were super marketable.
2: You hearing this well, nerd? Well, and I
3: also think in '84 the CGI they didn't have the technology to keep them but on screen for long. Would 10 you minutes.
1: argue Stay Puft Marshmallow Man at least by '80 standards? Like the the special effects were the decent. Special
2: effects for the '80 standards yeah. were great. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that. Um, but
1: more ghosts, I think, is a very accurate criticism of Ghostbusters.
2: And I honestly think was the movie. The movie was cute. Mm -hmm. I think nostalgia is the selling point for the movie at this point.
1: Interesting.
2: Because was it like the best flick ever? No. Would I stay and watch it twice in a day like you said, how we got to this problem? (laughs) No. Yeah. But it was nice and it was cute and but it was interesting. It might not
1: hold up. I think there's something to that. It probably, it definitely doesn't hold up from a special effects standpoint. The comedy, probably. No,
2: I, I put into consideration, you're welcome, the co- the
1: comedic part of it.
2: The, no, the comedic part, I actually love. I love it, the dry humor. And it
1: is listed as a comedy. It's not a thriller or anything like that. No. It's a comedy. I feel like from what I heard, it set the standard
3: for comedy, like dry humor. Like That's where Bill Murray kind of like his foundation I would,
2: was. I would say I understood Bill Murray's yeah. humor way more after watching Ghostbusters that's, and I ever did before. Ghostbusters
1: started him on his run of like Groundhog Day and like all those other movies, yes. But... What about Bob?
2: I don't think I would, like, I I don't get it. I don't get the obsession that people have over this and that it's a cult classic. Hmm. Like, you guys sold it, like, you sold it way too much for me. I,
1: I can't tell you how many Ghostbusters toys I owned. I never missed the cartoon on Saturdays. I've seen the original Ghostbusters film about 1,300 times, Ghostbusters 2, probably like 800. Yeah, there's a second one. And the Statue of Liberty walks in New York City. Spoiler alert. I wasn't
2: going to watch it anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) But So you always give
1: uh, a rating of one through five plantains because you are the Dominican queen. One plantain, eh, not good. Five plantains, that's the peak. Are you ready to review? Are you ready to give a rating to Ghostbusters? Yes. Okay. You ready to hear it? Yeah.
2: Three. It's in the okay. middle. Okay. It's not the best.
1: Three's not bad for it's, a it's, 1984 it's movie with like substandard ghost graphics.
2: It's cute movie. Like if it's on TV and I have nothing else to do on a Friday night. Now especially since football or like Sunday. Yeah. I would I would I can't pour myself a glass of wine because I'm sober for a solid half, week and a half. But I would watch it again um, if there was nothing else.
1: Turn this up real quick, Stone, because this is also one of the iconic movie themes ever created. The Ghostbuster theme is when it, a, a, you hear it and you automatically know what it is. exactly.
2: The soundtrack, I'm a huge 80s music fan. Yeah. Soundtrack was solid.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's good, really, really good. A good score.
2: Yeah, good score. I like the score more than I do the movie.
1: I think that's fair. That's fine. You know what's funny is you connect more with Bill Murray, his Peter Venkman sarcastic character, and the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, which I think. Slimer. And Slimer. Slimer's Sorry. my boy. You felt a kindred Slimer's spirit. Slimer's my boy. You're a kindred spirit with Slimer. Pun yeah. intended. He's your kindred spirit.
2: I love being related to a green, green glob who hides in corners and eats buffets.
1: So that is, uh, that is Ghostbusters. Three Plantains. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time. But for someone like Jeanette, who had never even been exposed to it, to give it three plantains, 1984, to me that means it held up. I feel good about that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I appreciate that. You're also going to feel good about your stress level when you take that big yellow train, Brightline. Brightline is how you get from... West Palm to Fort Lauderdale to Miami or vice versa. It's the easiest way to get through South Florida. It's Brightline, that big yellow train. You don't have to get in the gridlock. You don't have to look at brake lights. You don't have to go bumper to bumper. You don't have to ruin your car taking hours and hours and hours to get from West Palm to Miami, a drive that should take no longer than like an hour five. It inevitably takes, depending on the time of day, like two hours, Three hours, sometimes three and a half hours, not good. A bright line, you get pampered. The premium seating, that is what I go with all the time. Uh, that premium lounge, I i get the snacks. When I walk in, I get the, hi, Mr. Levica," and you know what I'm drinking in the premium lounge as well. Mm, that Pinot Noir. And then I head on to the train. Can I have another Pinot, please? Sure, Mr. Levica. Here's another snack, by the way. And by the way, use our, our Wi-Fi as well. Don't mind if I do and can't wait to make my trip down to Miami to see Inner Miami, to see the Marlins, or to just go to a festival in Brickell. That's what you do. This weekend, use Brightline. How do you get your tickets? GoBrightline.com or the free Brightline app. That's Brightline. Go brightline.com or the free Brightline app, the stress-free way to get through all of South Florida. I did some research. Yesterday, Stone the Bannowitz told a story about the ill-fated rock concert he was at on Saturday night. Joan Jett, Def Leppard, Mm -hmm. Motley Crue, Poison. Stone was there, Jeanette.
2: I love Def Leppard almost just as much as I love Journey. I've seen Def Leppard three times in concert.
1: Oh, well, this isn't good. Well, yesterday, Stone gave his first-hand account of the concert at Hard Rock Stadium. And I've done some research about some of the claims that Stone made. We're going to set the record straight.
2: Is it about Def Leppard?
1: When we come back, Jeanette will be hearing this for the first time. And I'm curious to see what she says about Stone's summary of Saturday night. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
0: From the Anajar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. And we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu/slash/mba sport. Breaking news brought to you by
1: St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commissioner, just spoke. Just wrapped up a press conference. Here's his quote: His money quote. If this is an arms race and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, the PGA Tour can't compete with a foreign monarchy that's spending billions of dollars in an attempt to buy the game of golf. Wow. So taking shots at the integrity of the Live Tour. At least it shows some backbone finally here. Now, it seems like the PGA Tour is going to continue to start or or going to start raising purses on the PGA Tour. Maybe even outside the eight bonus events that were proposed yesterday. But at least Jay Monahan's starting to to talk tough a little bit. So now, the PGA Tour has a proposed super schedule to respond to the Live Tour. By the way, the Live Tour announced the signing of Brooks Kepka two minutes into Jay Monahan's press conference. Oh, <laughs> well done. I mean, how petty is that? That is super petty.
2: I live for that petty.
1: Um, so the Sentry... Tournament of Champions in January now is going to have a $15 million purse. The Genesis in February, $20 million purse. Bay Hill, $20 million in March. Players, $25 million. Match play, $20 million. The Memorial now has $20 million. And then each playoff is going to have $20 million each. So they're really raising the purses. Now, it does beg the question... Where has all this money been that the PGA tour has been sitting on Well, guys on the Corn Ferry tour and then coming onto the PGA tour have been grinding and grinding and grinding and have had no guaranteed money for these tournaments? Where has that money been? I but w- I digress. I was
2: just gonna ask that. Yeah, this weird. Is, this is the kick in the butt the tour needed, and it's so sad. That's that exactly it had right. to take this. I mean, for I mean that it to nailed happen. it.
1: That nailed it. Like, this is where no matter how you feel about Liv, and again, it is it is gross to to, to have the Saudi government trying to sports-wash its way into this realm. That said, that's not the player's concern. <laughs> players are getting their bag, okay? And what this has done is something the PGA Tour should have done a decade ago, and they've been sitting on tradition and loyalty as the only reason for why all of the best in the world have congregated there. They've done nothing to actually try to help continue to benefit the player until now, because Liv has forced their hand. Jeanette, you're 100% right, and we're going to look back, and Liv, I don't think, is going to be in existence long term. I I just don't think that's going to be the case. The PGA Tour is too ingrained into the sport as the entity, okay? But What's going to happen, much like what we saw with the XFL presenting all these different elements of TV production that changed the way we watch the NFL on television, adopted by the league and adopted by the networks, live is going to force the PGA Tour to raise the purses and to raise production value and to benefit the players more and make it more accommodating to the pro golfer. Liv will end up, in the grand scheme of things, long-term, end up being a blessing for what the PGA Tour is going to be 20, 30 years from now. Agreed. I think that that is starting to become increasingly clear, and it's already started. Uh, yesterday, Jeanette, uh, Stone told us a story. Now, Friday Night Lights, outside of his work at ESPN West Palm, uh, he, he does some work at Hard Rock Stadium. What, is your, what exactly are, do you do down there, Stone? I work with guest experience. So guest experience working
3: suite and club levels. Okay. Really just the man in the suit with the walkie-talkie. Got it. Got bouncing it. So, around making things happen. All yeah. All
2: right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: okay. So he looks important. I've seen him. He, he looks he looks good. He looks professional. He looks business like. And so he uh he had to work the the concert on Saturday which was Jones Yet, mm-hmm. Poison, mm-hmm. Def Leppard and Motley Crue. I wish I went. They're touring. Uh, and now now Stone is 23 years old. Okay, so all of these musical acts are well before his time. I mean, these are before my time, like because I was, I was a zygote when they were having their biggest hits, but he wasn't even born. Stone wasn't even born when these groups were in their musical heyday, and so Stone, I think, has a little bit of a biased eye towards these bands. They're for the old people. Wrong. They're for the olds. They're for the wrinkled ones. They're for the gray-haireds, right? So I think he's being a little bit unfair in his assessment of the concert. But, Jeanette, I want you to listen for yourself. And if you missed it yesterday, you out there listening to the show right now, I want you to listen to yourself. Here is Stone Labanowitz and his abridged review of Joan Jett, Poison, Def Leppard, and Motley Crue from Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. You get to, to basically see a rock spectacle that your parents who grew up Idolizing yeah. these rockers, they never saw, and there you are front and center to see poison motley crew Joan Jett. This is incredible. So it had to
3: be awesome, right? It was the complete opposite of awesome to me. What? It was god-awful. So at four what? at 4:30, out comes Joan Jet. Dude, I mean, these vocal cords are just out of gas. <laughs> Completely out of gas. So I heard I love rock and roll. And I went back inside. Uh-huh. I was like, you know what? It's it, it's hot out here. I, I hate this. I, I don't I, this is. <laughs> so Joan Jett didn't do it for you. She did not do it for me. So now I get to hear every music. Out comes poison, right? So poison's gotta be awesome, right? Poison's like, gotta be poison, awesome. Poison, what a
1: big sound. They are a legendary band. <laughs> so I
3: stay out there just for every rose has its thorn. I'm talking halfway through hit, hit, that song, he starts coughing. <clears throat> He's like, I apologize. Every this is the middle of the set. I apologize, everybody. He like, started
1: coughing in the
3: middle of the set, like he's hawking a, a hairball or, or a loogie, and I, I got uncomfortable because I'm like, you know, everyone's like probably feels for this guy. I tapped out then.
1: <laughs> out comes Motley Crue. Now that I bet that is awesome. Like Motley Crue, they're they're timeless. Tommy Lee, <laughs> uh, you 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 got Brett Michaels. Uh-oh. How could you not be into Motley Crue?
3: It was. The
1: worst of the four.
3: No, Tommy come Lee. On. Tommy Lee comes out there with his bob haircut that he had. That I. I Tommy mean, Lee's endlessly cool. It, endlessly cool, and he gets out there and he says, "Hey guys, I currently have four broken ribs, so I'm gonna give you guys everything I got." He goes, "I'm hurting. It's hard to sleep." How did he break his rib? He's, I, I don't know. He said, "I'm not the guy who I once was," but the show. <laughs> he said, "He said the
1: show must effing go on." It the is crowd not, goes crazy. I, I'm just. This is me. It's probably not a good sign at a rock concert when they preface it with, exactly. I'm not the guy I used to be. Exactly. That's probably a red flag. So that's Stone's review of uh, this best of the 80s rock show that he was at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday. Now, I want to acknowledge a mistake I made within that because I took a lot of grief for that. When I was discussing Motley Crue, I mentioned Brett Michaels. It's Vince Neal. Uh, it's Vince Neal who, by the way, did some research on Reddit. A lot of fans call him Vince Meal, which I think is very disrespectful just because he's put on some pounds over the years. Very, very mean of those rock fans. Um, but I'm aware, Brett Michaels is the lead singer of Poison. Yes. Okay. I'm aware. I apologize to all of you who were very upset with me yesterday. Cut me a break. I've got a lot going on.
2: That's literally what I wrote down. <laughs> Correct, Ken. That it's Vince Meal with Motley Crue.
1: <laughs> so, so... Uh, Stone mentioned Joan Jett's vocals not good. She's sixty three years old, Jeanette. Like, mm-hmm. are we are we expecting early eighties Joan Jett to be not. trotting out there at Hard Rock Stadium?
2: No, I saw her. She. I saw the Foo Fighters and I saw her with them and that was back in early 2000s mm-hmm. and she sounded great then. Yeah,
1: she was 53.
2: Exactly. But or maybe even
1: 47 her. or whatever. 63 years old. That's difficult. So stone cut her a break. You're not going to sound great when you're 63. Absolutely not. Okay? You're not
2: going to look as good as Joan Jett does I, probably. I apologize.
1: So then there's Poison. And I actually found on YouTube yesterday. And I can't believe I did this. But there is full video of their entire set from Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. I went through the entire 47-minute set of Poison to try and find the coughing that Stone says took place into the microphone. (gasps) That made him uncomfortable, so he left, and I could not find it. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen. (laughs) I I turned around. But I did not hear any of the the lung clearing that Stone claims happened from Allegedly, Brett Michaels or Cece Deville. Super early on.
3: Are he you lying? Absolutely so? not. It was super early on, and I was like, "Guys, it's poison out." And they were like, "Yeah." I walked out there. I sat on my stoop. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that thing, and I turn, and everyone's eyebrows raise, and I was like, uh, uh, is that, That's your guy's man's. Get your man's. And, and I walked and I left. I walked right back into where I came from, my
1: <laughs> Lexus club. All right, so, so you're standing by your claim that oh Brett Michaels hocked yeah. a loogie into the microphone.
2: Personally, I think Brett Michaels is super overrated. The most successful thing was the show that he had on VH1. Oh, boy. All right. Well,
1: that got personal. I remember it. Uh, and then Motley Crue. So I did some research. Stone is right. Tommy Lee did come out first when Motley Crue played and announced to the crowd that he's not the man he used to be because he did indeed break his ribs. How? Nobody knows. But he only played three songs the week before in Atlanta because of broken ribs. Tommy Lee can't drum a full set with Motley Crue because he has broken ribs.
2: Personally, I love that because Tommy Lee's a mess and that adds to the true mess that he is on the show. Yeah, did
3: you catch the the show must go on. Yeah, so
1: so so he yelled <laughs> the show must go on and this after Vince Neal broke his ribs back in the fall and is still recovering from that. So Motley Crew is just a bunch of old guys with broken ribs right now.
2: By the way, I'm gonna show you this picture that I took with Vince Neal in Vegas. He's wearing a Miami Dolphins button down shirt in Ooh. Vegas.
1: Well, Protect his ribs. What is with that stadium though? Vince Neal, ribs. How was that? Timely flapper? Ribs, Tua, ribs.
3: Did you like the songs? How Overall rating, one or five plantains. Watching yeah. the sets last Not night. Not my thing,
1: dude.
2: How was Def Leppard? I'm Eh. obsessed with Def Leppard. It's cool.
1: It's endlessly cool. It was really cool to see him do that. Real quick, Baptist (laughs) Health Orthopedic Care, a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists. They have locations. Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more. BaptistHealth.net slash OrthoCare. Jeanette's back tomorrow. Stone's back tomorrow. I'm back tomorrow. Bye. See you tomorrow.